Welcome to When Grateful Hearts Speak, a podcast about gratitude and empowerment, demystifying the myths of yoga, while connecting our community in conversations without condemnation. So today we're here with Derek McGinnis from Uplifters in Crestview. Um, Derek, tell me about where and how you grew up and when you moved to Crestview. Tell me a bit about your life. All right. Well, how much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> so I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, originally. Um, I moved to Crestview in 20, January of 2020 which was ironic because the pandemic happened three months later. So um, that I actually moved here for a gym in Niceville, the Uplifters in Niceville. And I bought that gym right at the end of 2019. It was a great opportunity to, uh, to have my own gym. I've been in gyms for five, six years. Up until that point, it was finally time for me to own my own. And I get here, move my family here, everything's great for about six weeks. Mm -hmm. Then the pandemic happens in March, so we have to close just uh, a few weeks after. So I moved to Crestview originally, I mean the better house uh, for the amount of money, Niceville is a lot more expensive, so I moved straight Mm -hmm. to Crestview. But I really didn't get to know Crestview until after the pandemic, when things started to reopen. So. Um, after the pandemic, we were forced to close the Niceville gym for, you know, business was hurt. The, the Niceville gym had a lot more older people. After the pandemic, you know, older people were really, they were at risk more than anybody else, right? So they were not rejoining gyms. They were staying in. So that really hurt the gym and we weren't able to recapture what we had before. So around that time, there was some overlap where we wanted to expand into Crestview. And again, I had been living here for six months, but didn't know anything about the area because I was always going to Niceville when the time that things were open. So it had been really, um, really these last two and a half years where I've really gotten to know Crestview and the people and even though I'd already been living here, mm-hmm. just now really getting deep into the community. Being a part of the community. Of I community. love yes. it. So were you military? Is that what moved you to Crestview? So military, uh, I joined, I, military a long time ago. I joined the Army back in 2011, um, did a tour, I went straight from, pretty much straight from basic training to Afghanistan, like, it's almost unheard of how fast I went, and it was really weird, because I was a reservist, right, they were like, hey, just sign up, one week in a month, two weeks a year, <laughs> same year, dropped this right in Afghanistan, uh, and I got out in about, uh, got out in 2017, and that's when I started doing gym, still in Kentucky. Uh, we, I worked in a gym right outside of Fort Knox and that's where I got connected with all the people that had the gyms here in Florida. Okay, nice. When those guys got ready to get out of the gym business, I had an opportunity to purchase the Niceville gym and that's when I took that, okay. uh, took that leap. So it was big jumps, but, um, through, uh, through all that kind of serendipitous, you know, things happening, I ended up mm-hmm. here. In the right place. No coincidence. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so when did you first realize your gifts as a group fitness coach? Or we know you wanted to be a gym owner previously, it but was, when did you know like this was your thing? I knew I liked, I was investing in my personal health first. 
right? Um, I was a little bit older when I started working out. Most people start when they're in high school or college. I didn't start working out until I was 24, 25. And, and it was all about me at first. Like, okay, I want to, uh, during my deployment, I was like, everybody comes back from deployment jacked. <laughs> so I want to do that, right? <laughs> and I had a guy that was in my unit. He kind of took me to the gym every day and taught me how to do all this stuff, how to eat, when to go to sleep, all that. And then when I got myself together, I was like, okay, I can teach this to other people. And then I got to the gym business um, as a gym salesperson first, and then I started doing personal training, and that just, uh, it just didn't do it for me. It was very slow paced and things like that. And then I met another guy through the gym that was like, hey, we're doing this new thing, it's boot camps. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's where we're gonna get all these people, and we're gonna do these classes, and it's way more fun than one-on-one training. So I started doing that and around 2018, 2019, and that's where I really was like, this is way more fun. Um, the excitement and the energy is way more electric when you're doing it with a lot of people. And when you kind of get them results or get them having a good time and they're high-fiving each other and kind of supporting each other, it's way more infectious. And that's when the lens kind of turned off of me and what my, my physical state to me wanting to help more people is when I started to train groups and seeing how they interacted together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way more rewarding to do it in a group setting than one-on-one, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Some people might like one-on-one, but for me, seeing people smiling and laughing and enjoying something together, that became kind of my uh, my guiding star. You know, How many people can I get together? How many smiles can I get? How many laughs can I get? Uh, and that's really what kind of flipped the switch for me. I think that I I agree because I've tried to practice yoga at home and I've done private sessions, but there's just something about being in this group atmosphere, the camaraderie, the the energy of the room, you know, what everybody needs in that moment. And it becomes a collective experience other than just doing it one-on-one. It's way more fun. And and people are drawn to your personality, just like they are, you know, certain yoga teachers they Mm -hmm. want to experience. But um, I can tell that about you, having not even known you very long, (laughs) that you have an infectious personality and and your smile generates more smiles and more uplifting presence. You know, it's funny. I didn't come up with the name of I, I honestly, I hated it because I didn't come up with it. And it's something that business owners have. Mm-hmm. But um, after the pandemic, uh, I was like, we're going to rebrand, we're going to change the name, we're going to do all this stuff. And then uh, when we reopened, we had a wave of new people come in. And they were like, they thought that the name meant something to me. Like, I was going to mm-hmm. uplift people. And I was like, I mean, I guess it, it, it does embody what we're trying to do here. So Especially we're at that point, after yeah, it was be, being you know, in your home yeah. for months. And, and, and people needed a reason to come up. So <laughs> I built a new, uh, a new model around it, and I said, we're gonna, we don't really use it much um, in the Crestview location like we used to in Niceville, because in Niceville is where we were really in the dumps during the COVID time. But we said we're going to uplift each other, uplift ourselves, uplift each other and uplift the community i love right? it that's great and what, what's funny is there we had to put that in but we started the crestview location fresh so we didn't really have to trick people into thinking about that mm-hmm. we did it from day one saying we were going to uplift each other and uplift the community people we were seeking to they be were, uplifted that's what they yeah. wanted right mm-hmm. that's what and so we don't even have to use the model anymore because the people that we bring in to instruct or people we bring in to uh to train with us, we put that in them from day one. Mm-hmm. If somebody smiles at you, smile back. 
Nice. That has nothing to do with working. Mm-hmm. If somebody says good morning to you, say good morning back. Those things are lost on uh, a lot of people in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look for reasons to not be involved or to not speak to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in our environment, I say if somebody says something to you, say something back. If a kid walks in and waves at you, even if you don't like kids, wave back. Yeah. Because you might find that you do like kids, right? <laughs> that kid might need that. That mm-hmm. adult might need that. The trainer might need that. So we try to do it day one and say, um, you're going. You're already part of our culture. You walk in the door. Now it's your job to uh, be a positive part. And when mm-hmm. a new person comes in, you turn around and offer them that same uplifting uh, mm-hmm. kind of energy that you got when you came in. So from what I'm hearing, you kind of started this because of you know seeking a personal physique mm-hmm. or wanting to come back, you know, looking like you've done something or yes. been somewhere. Yes. <laughs> and and it kind of grew on you, this this opportunity to work out with other people mm-hmm. and then this um, this whole experience kind of birthed from that, from from working with people individually to now it's a group experience. Um, and, and, you, and it's kind of grown on you. You yes. like it a lot it, now. It, it really did. It took on uh, same thing with the name and with the concept. Like these aren't these aren't what I the things I thought I'd be doing when I said I'm going to get into the gym business. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you really honed in on the mindset part of working out Absolutely. and how important that is. Really, it's crucial. So the way the uh, working out and dieting has never changed. Uh, everybody needs to work out. They need to exercise. They need to sleep. They need to drink water. They already know that. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do it? Uh, the mindset that you, what you said is perfect. We have taken the non-workout elements of working out and put them into our environment, meaning uh, having friendly people waiting for you when you get to the door, um, checking up on people. Have that sense of belonging mm-hmm. immediately. And there's a little bit mm-hmm. of empathy that goes in there, too, knowing that people have already had bad experiences mm-hmm. uh, in fitness. Either they went somewhere and they didn't feel welcome or they tried it before and they failed, knowing that they're coming to us in a place of almost fear, almost like, hey, I know I need this, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. So uh, the workouts are still you know, squats, crunches, like we know we need that, um, food, protein. Okay, how many times, you don't need to hear mm-hmm. me say that again. Mm-hmm. What makes our place different is that before you even make it to the workout and the diet portion, we're going to give you a hug. And it might not be a physical hug, right? Mm-hmm. But it might be a welcome, good morning, you know, um, how can we help you, you know, that kind of deal. Again, now you can sign up for a gym online without even talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. That makes it easy to not go, yeah. right? Um, you go Or you go in, you sign up, and then that's it. Like You're there to rent their equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you say you have a community, it starts before it gets to the thing. It starts with how you're welcome in. You go to a church, right? But the sermon's uh, like 20, 30 minutes in, right? But you got door greeter, good morning. Welcome. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that—that's important. Making you feel good before you get to the thing, and that's the mindset that we've really tried to embody: is before they get to the thing that they know they need, that they came for. Why? Why would they stay? Why would they come back? Mm-hmm. It's because they feel good when they got there, and Absolutely. that's kind of the thing that we do different. I can tell you from experience. I got into the gym industry as well when I first started working in my professional career and it was local here in town and I was the sales girl and I hated signing people up knowing they were going to come for a couple weeks and I was never going to see them again and I and I thought about doing the personal training stuff and then you know God had other plans and years later is when the studio was born but I knew I needed to be some kind of community for people to come back 
and that's the thing. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel like they know what they're doing. They're not going to come back. Exactly. And if you're doing, there's a difference. There's a lot of jobs where you are the salesperson, where you know you're selling something that they don't need or they're not going to use. Well, maybe a lot of people don't use their gym membership, but but they need it. So you can sell comfortably knowing that you're actually going to mm-hmm. make their life better, right? If they use it. Mm-hmm. And that's just where, that's where the waters get murky between passion and business, mm-hmm. right? You know they need it and you're trying to convince them to do it. The gym business is one of those rare things where you can go, I believe with all my heart that mm-hmm. if you do this, your life will be improved mm-hmm. because everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it better. But you, I've been in that same boat. You know, I try to tell people like, hey, you know, you're going to sign up. You're going to work out one day. You're going to go home. You're going to be so sore. You're going to be like, I'm not going back. This is too hard. Right? It's too hard. Why did I do this to myself? When you feel that way, call me or text me, whichever. I guess people don't like to call each other nowadays. <laughs> Shoot me a text and, and, and tell me how you feel mm-hmm. and let me talk you through it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. You know, you've been there. Yeah. You know, well, it like, sounds people like just won't you show up. really took the um, gyms are intimidating. Mm-hmm. And going somewhere new for the first time is intimidating. So there's you've got notches against you mm-hmm. just to get somebody in the door. Sounds like you've really and here, taken that factor the, uh, out. If you go to a gym, go find the guy with the biggest muscles, with the biggest headphones and everything. Probably the nicest person there. But the world and the internet mm-hmm. will have you thinking that that's a crazy meathead, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the case, right? I have to think about that. I, heck, I even think about that about myself. I don't wear tank tops, you know, because I don't want somebody to be too scared to talk to me, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know that those people in the gym that people are afraid of are usually the nicest person. If you needed help moving something or how to use a piece of equipment, but I also understand that that's why people are scared to go in. Mm-hmm. So our entire layout, everything we do is built around that. I mean, I've even had to go in the parking lot and knock on somebody's window like, are you my 1030 appointment? <laughs> and they could be there shaking, like, I'm yeah. scared to come in, right? right. Uh, or, you know, we, you know, people will cry or, or whatever it is because they are so scared of not belonging or going somewhere and feeling like, I'm sorry, from zero. These people are. Um, they've been here together. Mm-hmm. They're all friends. I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And I always point out, I say, in 20 minutes, I want you to tell me whose first day it is and who's been here for two years because I guarantee you don't know. Absolutely. And they come in, they go, okay, you're right. And I was like, look around, everybody's struggling. I make I make sure of that. The workout's too easy. I've got to change it, right? <laughs> Everyone's struggling and everyone is supporting each other and nobody, there's no clicks. There's no, we're this crew or we're that crew. Like everybody is struggling together, right? And that's the, that's the mentality I put together. If you want to go to a gym and be left alone, there are gyms for that. If you want a place where people are supporting you and talking to you that like that's why you come to us because we're going to do more than just give you some equipment Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and apologize i've not stepped foot into uplifters yet (laughs) but we have lots of mutual students clients and i follow you guys on social and that's one of the things i love to see when you post your stories is that there are all kind of bodies Mm -hmm. working out together doing their thing and like you said, you don't know whose first day it is. They all look like they're getting their workout on. They're doing this this really cool sequence that you've got set up or different things. I'm just in awe, and I love that about the group fitness you, you atmosphere. Do you know how old our oldest person is? I don't. Guess. 82. Pretty close. 77. <laughs> 
Nice. And whenever somebody calls and says, I think I'm too old. I've been following you, but I think I'm too old. And I say, I bet you're not even close to our oldest person. I've never been wrong. Most people think that 50, mm -hmm. 60 is too mm -hmm. old. I'm like, you guys are crazy. I got someone I want to introduce you to, right? And our youngest person is 18. We got several 18-year-olds. It does not matter. Absolutely. Because we're going to sit down one-on-one -on -one at some point, and we're going to figure out how to make it work for you. And then the rest is just you making friends along the way, right? You'll find somebody, you'll find the other 18-year-olds there or the other... Um, 70 plus. <laughs> 70 plus or the other military spouses mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is about your life outside of the gym. You're going you're gonna to find those people and you're all going to connect. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't change the fact that you need to work out and eat good every day. Right. It just makes you excited to come back the next day. See your friend. That's mm -hmm. Yeah, or um, your connection. And then it kind of takes on a life of its own. A lot of people are like, well, we're a family, we're a community, and I can't sit here and pretend that I built that, right? But you do. I just, you I open just the door. In, uh, <laughs> I just put them in the same room, yeah. and, and I watch them flourish. Now they, they go to the beach, and they have birthday parties. That's and wonderful. And they meet yeah. at yeah. Chick-fil-A the yeah. mm -hmm. And I didn't orchestrate that. The, it, it just kind of took on a life of its own, but we had to stand there at one time and say, how can we help you? Welcome. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. How can we help you? And then once they got past that, then they it, they just kind of cocooned into their own little butterflies and gone mm -hmm. from there. And that's all we're trying to do is just have that space. People aren't meant to be with us forever. Like some uh, businesses want to keep you as a customer forever. Um, our job is to get you started, uh, to teach you everything, hold back, no information, and then just make it a happy place that you want to stay at. Not that I said you got to stay for me to help you. Um, but that you want to stay. Our people come to me and say, do you got a spot for me? Do you have a space? Um, and that's what we're going with. Uh, that's the mindset that we go with. So, okay. What challenges you most about what you get to do? So the biggest challenge is, uh, like I said earlier, separating passion from business. Um, my goal is to help as many people as possible. With that being said, in business, you can't help everyone. And that is something that I'm struggling with even now. You know, after uh, this is the third gym that I've had, and I still haven't figured out how to separate the empathy and the emotion involved in wanting to help all these people and sometimes having to turn people away. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's we don't have any space or that person can't afford to come do what we do. But then I've also had to learn that. If I can't pay my rent or my light bill, I help no one. Absolutely. So it's a very thin line mm -hmm. that I fight with every single day um, about wanting to meeting someone and just really just connecting with them, and then they don't have the money. Mm -hmm. Like that's the biggest struggle. And then me almost bending over backwards. I get in trouble a lot because back when I had my first, no, my second gym. Uh, I was letting people pay me in gift cards. I mean, I just, whatever, and, and I think they would come to me crying mm -hmm. and they've lost weight and they, you know, they get help and then their husband loses their job or, or something mm -hmm. happens. And and I would I would go for it every time. I'd be like, give me that Cracker Barrel gift card. <laughs> but then that business would, you know, six months, a year, it's not there anymore. And it's because I wasn't able to separate those two things. Mm -hmm. And again, something I still struggle with now. Mm -hmm. But uh, to me, for anybody who has a passion for anything and they want to turn it into a business, that's what becomes hard, is that you have a large group of people interested, 
but to to do business the correct way and to charge enough like that it, to keep your doors open, that's where it becomes hard. Especially for Crestview, it's so tricky in Crestview. It's very tricky. We all live here because it's more affordable mm -hmm. than other places, but we as businesses still have to charge what we need to charge to stay in business. That's the hardest part. Is yeah. that it's not that you don't want to help. It's not that your mission changed. Mm -hmm. It's that in order to uh, to service people, you have to focus on the business part mm -hmm. also. And you can't just say, wow, I know I can help you. I can change your life. You don't have the money, fine, just come on in. Can't do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I probably shot myself in the foot hundreds of times. But you you're know, learning I, and you're continuing to learning, grow. Yes. And, and, and that's kind of the key absolutely. is what is the sweet spot? And Crestview is hard, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you change somebody's life, you know, they'll they'll tell ten people. If you turn them away, mm -hmm. they'll tell a hundred people. Mm -hmm. And that's what's the And Crestview word part. of mouth is the worst. Listen, isn't I'm it? not on there. I, I I'm not on there because I heard it's it's like it's it's scary, right? Oh, I was like people I'm so intimidated about it. by that page. Yeah, so I just say well, they don't say something bad, they'll say something bad. If they say something good, they'll say something good. And then I'll have but uh, luckily for us, because of our community Part, you know the, the things that we do that we do have more uh, positive than negative right um, the negative the knock on us is our price like we uh, we are the one of the most expensive gyms in town but also we do have a good reputation of you know the family not just the family that we created but we extend our family to spouses and the kids and, and mm -hmm. everything and we're small but we're large and how our reach goes and what does that look like? I haven't even looked at your website. I apologize. Mm -hmm. But what, what is the pricing structure? Don't look structure? at it because I made it and it looks terrible. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I did look at it. I would it disagree with you on that. It does not look terrible. <laughs> what is the pricing structure like? So and what is the class schedule like? We, do, we, uh, we have five class options a day, Monday through Friday. Uh, 5 a.m., 8.15, 9.15. And then in the evening, we do 4.30 and 5.30. Um, it's uh, $35 a week. So it comes out to $140 a month, and childcare is included with that. That's just okay. Hold the phone. Everybody's looking for childcare included. Yeah. So yeah. say and, that again for the people child in the back. Care, child care is included right now for uh, there's no extra charge on that. And the reason we do that is because I couldn't work out if my kids weren't being watched. I don't expect someone mm -hmm. who. Let's back up. Daycare. Whoa. Yeah, oh, Prices yeah. of daycare. Yeah. Stuff anyway, right? Yeah. So um, even if they could, you know, they're going to get their kids out of there as soon as possible because daycare is like, it feels like a thousand dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, that's just something that um, all the gyms that I've ever worked in have had childcare. Not always free, but they've always offered childcare. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things that, um, that I found strange is that in this, uh, in Crestview, there's not a lot of childcare options. Right. Um, and we always do supervised childcare. So that's a payroll cost that, you know, um, that we take on. But I don't trust my kids by themselves. Mm -hmm. I won't trust your kids, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just the fact of the matter. And it's way more fun to have the peace of mind when you're working out mm -hmm. that you know that they're being taken care of. And they're not just uh, stuck in a room where you're trying to work out and watch them and, from the corner. <laughs> we try our best to get them off of the iPads and phones because they're going to do that later, right? So, um, against my better judgment sometimes we let them bring in nerf guns and do That's all this awesome. stuff and yeah. play dodgeball and things like that and sometimes i'm on the wrong side of a dodgeball <laughs> and i get hit right across the face but it gets them moving and it also gets them interested in working out too absolutely so when they get to be you know 11 12 and they're old enough to work out with their parents and they make a natural transition over um but yes that is um 
that's our membership and and that's kind of what goes with it we do offer unlimited uh training so right now it's monday through friday and then we also do saturday morning we want people to come as much as possible they don't have to reserve a time so they pray that one price that monthly fee and then they get to come to any every class day. every day yes if they multiple classes a day yeah they, they say that but let me tell you if you give your all out and you're not class, gonna want to do you're not coming back i was like yeah sure i'll see you later they never come back <laughs> they're like yeah i thought so but i'm really tired uh-huh. from this morning uh-huh. but that's kind of the idea is that there it's tricky sometimes if you say whenever it becomes never so that's why the accountability portion is important. If I say you can come whenever you want, but then I don't see you for three days, mm-hmm. um, then I'll reach out to you. You know, like, hey, I thought we were going to do this. I'm like, well, okay. Now, now I'm that person I need to put on a plan. I want mm-hmm. you to come at 815 every day, Monday mm-hmm. through Thursday, mm-hmm. and do that. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the trick is when it's unlimited, people just kind of hit and miss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But our mindset behind unlimited is that, kids got a doctor's appointment right uh they yeah. got graduation mm-hmm. uh in the morning mm-hmm. so you need to come in the evening time mm-hmm. i mean those are just things that are going on right now right uh t-ball so when t-ball is going on you want to come in the morning and this time you start a new job mm-hmm. oh you can't go in the morning now you got to go in the evening or five in the morning and you have access to all of that so basically what i try to do in the beginning is any excuse you think you have mm-hmm. i'm going to where am I going to put my kids over there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I work different schedules. Good. You can go this time, this time, mm-hmm. this time, this time. And make sure that we have a solution for any possible problem they can have. That's wonderful. I'm really excited to come try it out myself. Tell us a little bit. You alluded to your um, to the classes. Mm-hmm. So, and I even noticed on your shirt it says fitness studio, yes. not gym. Yes. And so, um, to me, that there's a difference Absolutely. in what you're projecting so so when we typically think of a gym we think of equipment we think of mm-hmm. going in you you know maybe you're rotating or something like that but your fitness studio provides a classes Absolutely. and it's it's a group effort you don't go in individually you go in to be a part of the, the class, okay. So I won't go too deep on that. I will say that the difference in a gym, on the business side, mm-hmm. the, a gym, you're just renting equipment, right? You mm-hmm. go in um, to, let's say, one of the gyms in town, and once you sign up, like, that's it. Your monthly membership is for their equipment. And that's why we charge more, because what you're actually getting with us is accountability and expertise. Okay. Um, and there's a line there where there's personal training in there. And the reason we don't do personal training isn't just my own opinion that it's boring, right? It is that um, it's not cost effective for mm-hmm. the average person, right? Group training is, is more cost effective for the average person. And our mission is to get the most people in as possible and change the most lives. So we can do that faster in a group setting. So uh, our equipment might not be... Uh, it's not going to be on par with a gym's equipment, but we're not trying to compete on equipment. We're trying to compete on experience and mm-hmm. expertise. If you need help with a piece of equipment in a gym, you have to pay to get help. Mm-hmm. Whereas you come to us expecting that we are going to help you. Like it is, it's right there in the description. If you, uh, doesn't matter if you've been with us for a day or a year, if you don't know how to do something, you're either going to raise your hand or you're going to pull us off to the side if you don't feel comfortable asking in front of the class. Mm-hmm. But that's the expectation is that we are going to help you use it. So that's where the studio uh, part and the gym part go. Studios, you're going to have an instructor. Oh, I mean, in most studio mm-hmm. settings, it's an instructor. In most gyms, it's up to you to figure it out. Now, it's easier now with apps and you know YouTube 
you can learn a lot uh, and figure out how to do stuff on your own. But that's one of the frustrating parts is walking into a gym and reading the equipment. Like, oh, how do I use this thing? Okay, this says chest on it, so I'm gonna do this and do chest. Whereas you come to us and you go, listen, this is how you're gonna do it. And if you have a bad arm or a bad shoulder, this is how you're gonna do it. If you have a bad back, you're gonna stand up and you're gonna do it this way. If you had surgery, you're gonna do it this way. All that expertise is what you actually get from a studio. As in a gym, it's just they've got the best equipment, and you are renting their equipment for the time that you're there. Which is a lot of why people don't always come back because they don't know what they're doing, or they're not going to pay mm-hmm. for the extra time. I can almost guess that when somebody says they have a membership somewhere else, that they signed up, they walked in, tried to do one thing, got intimidated. If they even tried that one thing, got on the treadmill, uh, got discouraged, left, and didn't go back until the next Monday if they ever went back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they go, how'd you know? It's like, well, I worked in a big gym yeah. and I watched yeah. people walk in, go mm-hmm. to the locker room, go upstairs to our cardio area, get on the treadmill, get frustrated at how busy it was or they didn't know what they were doing, turn mm-hmm. around and walk out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw it thousands of times over the course of three years, people walk in and out, turn around, walk right out. Um, and unfortunately, that's acceptable. Every January, mm-hmm. it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why when, when people come in, there, there is no where to, I show them where the bathroom is, I show them where to put their stuff down at, and then everything else, the instructor is with them 100% of the way. This is how you stretch for this day. Mm-hmm. This is how you warm up for this particular exercise. This is how you do every single thing until you leave. I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, Derek. Um, what, tell me about parenting while running the business. Wow, so my kids, have been, my daughters, uh, Isabella and Olivia, have been around me attempting to be a business person the entire time. Um, I actually have videos of Olivia when she was three setting up tables with me at college campuses and handing out cards. (laughs) I just found it again on my memories, right? (laughs) So I've been lucky that they've always been around it, so it's nothing new to them. They understand that uh, I don't just go to work and collect a check. They understand that people depend on me for their income. And it's been very, I've been very fortunate to have them uh, around the entire time. You know, my son is young and he's still, you know, just give me a ball. He'll go mind his own business. But the girls, uh, they, um, it's been very interesting that they have gotten to this point where they want to start their own business. Or lemonade stand, a bracelet making business, like all this. And I look back and that's the difference between how I was brought up and how they were. I come from a family of uh, factory workers. My parents, my brother, my stepbrother, my cousins, they all work in the same factory in Louisville. They all work for Ford. And that's you know, how uh, that's how it was, right? Mm-hmm. GE, Ford, UPS, those are the big ones in Kentucky. Whereas my kids have never seen that. I don't know how that's going to turn out for them, right? Uh, well, it sounds like I'm you're giving them some freedom I'm, to yeah, kind of experience. Them, I want them to play, They're going to have that entrepreneurial it, right? spirit that's within them. them. Yeah. But I also want, to see, want them to see the hard part, which yeah. is um, I grew up in a, um, it's not our money, it's my money, right? And I never understood that from my parents' standpoint. What I try to teach my kids is that um, this, is, this is how many people I've got to sign up to pay for summer camp. So if I'm not present for the thing that you want me to be there for, this is why. So now my kids go, "Daddy, you broke. Go to work, (laughs) right? (laughs) We we need 
a, we need this, go to work, right? And it's not a, dad's never here. It is, dad is earning. They're seeing the correlation. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, not be giving them like ancillary tasks around the house, like go clean your room and do this and I'll give you money. Mm -hmm. No, that's expected. I expect that of you. Uh, just like you expect me to provide the roof, I expect you to do this part. Mm -hmm. If you want extra money, you need to work for it. Just like if I want extra money, I've got to go above and beyond at work and, and do that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the things that I want to pass on to them mm -hmm. is, is that kind of there are options. You know, they still want to be a teacher, a doctor, all that. But if they want to embrace the entrepreneurial uh, spirit, then they can go that route. Um, and I'm lucky that my kids are older, too. Younger kids are a little bit harder to start a business with. And uh, I'm lucky that my kids are at a point now where I can explain that to them. Like, hey, we are not going to do X, Y, Z because of this. Or, hey, we had a good week here. We're going to save this, and then we're going to put this towards the thing that mm -hmm. you all want to do. Um, so I'm just lucky because of the age that my kids are at. And they've seen it grow. Mm -hmm. They saw that building when there was nothing in there. They've seen it change. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've even got videos of my daughter giving tour a tour of the place. Oh, and she's like, yeah. we got this, we got that. And I was like, I didn't tell her to say that. She saw me do it so right. many times. That she picked up on it so it's very rewarding actually because of where i'm at in business and where my kids are in their age to have them be able to, mm -hmm. to watch tell me a little bit about your son ryan oh my goodness gracious so ryan's very uh let's see where was i was i doing wrong? i think i was working in gyms when this happened i was just working uh i was also working for pepsi and trying to get into personal training at the time when uh, we found out that Ryan was going to have a heart defect when my wife was six, no, about five months pregnant, we found that out because they kind of see it on the ultrasound and they said, listen, we're going to get with you and tell you that normally this is a heart defect found in kids with Down syndrome. I know nothing about Down syndrome. I've got these older kids, they're, you know, normal in the sense of, you know, their health, they're not normal mentally because they're my kids, they're goofy. Uh, but <laughs> but I, we didn't have to, yeah, words. they're typical uh, goofy kids, uh, but their health was, they were in good health, so we didn't know anything about that. So um, it was very nerve wracking leading up to him being born. You know, is he going to have Down syndrome? Is he not? And then, of course, for me, it's my only boy, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm jacked. This kid, I'm going to make him drink protein shakes as soon as he's born. We're going to do push-ups every day together. We're going to do all this stuff. And then he's born, and they go, well, he's got soft muscle tissue here. He's got this, that. He can't do this, can't do that. Or he might not be able to ever do that. And that is, I would say there's nothing more discouraging for a dad with all daughters to hear it than that his son is not going to be able to do that, uh, go to the executive. So, and it took me a long, I'm glad we're talking about it now because I don't usually talk to anybody about it, right? Now he's like my pride, right? He's my mm -hmm. boy now, but at that time, I didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, you almost feel bad for how you feel when you find out about something Well, it's like a grieving that. process yeah, you it, have to it, go through. And you don't even know that that's what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? You think that you're just like, uh, you're almost ashamed of how you right. feel, right? And so he gets a little older. Uh, he has heart surgery when he's five months. And I don't even think I held him up one time between those times. We, he had to be in perfect health before the surgery. He has the heart surgery, and even then I didn't touch him. I mean, it was not about, something about seeing your kid plugged up to a bunch of machines and blood pumping through him and the chest opened up. Didn't need to see that, right? And even then, I'm like, man, this is, this is going to suck. 
Like, if I'm being honest, that's what I said mm-hmm. like, all the time. He recovers from the surgery. We have to do a few other little small surgeries here and there. And he starts to do therapy every day, and we do all that. Then we move here. Therapy stops because there's no in-home therapy or any of that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to take 30 seconds to brag on Southside School, oh, primary yes. school, okay? Yes. The, they told us that here's a school where there's a lot of kids that have either some sort of delay or something, and we didn't know any better because we thought that we needed him to be with other kids that you know to be a good example for him. We didn't want him to be around kids that had other delays because we thought he'd pick up bad habits. Never been more wrong in my life. Speech therapists, the teachers, the principals, I mean, everybody. His improvement the last three years has been, I mean, it's been crazy. Now, he is playing soccer and basketball and doing all the things that I thought, because I didn't know any better, I thought he'd never do them. And he couldn't hold his head up for two years, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's out here playing sports with regular kids and they're doing this. And he's he's their favorite. He's popular. He walks into a room and they're like, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. And all the things that I thought I was missing out on, he's better than I ever could imagine mm. that he was going to be, right? Uh, now, he's, uh, he's still not speaking all the way, right? But now I'm thinking to myself, I think about how much I talk. I'm like, when he starts talking, I'm going to wish that he was still not <laughs> talking that much, right? So he, but he is just blossomed into like this just great kid. I mean, he's funny. He's got a sense of humor. Like, all these things, and you just think to yourself, you don't know what you don't know. So now we're very much uh, outside of the gym and the things that we're doing there. We're trying to get more and more involved in special needs. Now, in Okaloosa County, uh, autism is like, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, there is buildings all over the place. Autism is big, and uh, spe- a lot of kids need speech therapy and things like that. But Down syndrome is kind of like, it's kind of like its own little side thing from autism. So we really try to do as much as we can. We've tried to orchestrate uh, get-togethers with families from Pensacola, Destin, and bring everybody together, um, uh, parents with Down syndrome, and and try to pull resources together. Uh, I think that's why Ryan does so good. Resources that we have now, they didn't have 10 years ago. Uh, Therapy and the information and the focus on Down syndrome, I don't think they had that even 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I think he's benefited a lot from that. That's wonderful. I've I've been in a similar boat. You know, my daughter has Prader-Willi syndrome, which is even less heard of than Down syndrome. So I've I've done the community-centered things over the course of her 10 years of life, and diagnosis was right away. So I know how you're feeling. But when you went through that dark stage of the grieving, the son that you thought you were going to have, to all the things the doctor said they weren't going to be, he wasn't going to be able to do, they told me the same stuff with my daughter. But did you have any kind of faith in that? process and what was your faith like to help you get through it you know they i I hear people say all the time there's never your faith is never higher than when something's like out of your control but really that's what faith is right or Mm -hmm. else you would you wouldn't need faith Mm -hmm. you would just do it right if i could fix them boom i'll just fix them and i grew up in the church uh for a long time like hardcore baptist family right but when you grow up in the church you're only thinking about one thing, getting getting away, right? And there's always something that kind of draws you back when you become an adult, right? Like, hey, this is why your parents was doing this, right? This is why they were telling you to go to church and to do this and to do that. And that's probably with Ryan during his surgery, you know, you, you sit there and you go, I'll do anything mm-hmm. to make sure that he comes out of this 
okay, right? Um, and yes, it was a it was a huge part of, and then it, even in the, in the church, like there was a huge church support, right? Um, of making sure that they knew that that we knew that they had our back and that they were there to support us. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was huge knowing that that was something that was out of my hands. Like it was out of the doctor's hands. They they said mm-hmm. we're gonna do the best that we can mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Got to count on somebody else, mm-hmm. a little something, a little bit higher, mm-hmm. to to make sure you know this is a eighty percent, right? I think it's covered. I think I think it's I think it's covered, you know. And even now, watching the things over the last few years, you know, um, faith is a huge part of that because twenty twenty was completely out, it was out of all of our hands, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as time goes on, as I get older. As I realize that I'm not invincible, that I'm not in control of hardly anything, it really does come down to faith. You got to kind of have some kind of flow state to just know that things are going to happen just, it's gonna work the out. way they're supposed to happen. It's going to work out, and and that is, and and everyone's religion can be different, right? But we all have that instinctive feeling for the most part, for whatever reason, whatever your background is, that you made it this far. You're gonna make it on the other side of this. I have to do that every day, because every day is a tough day as a business owner, right? Oh my gosh, how am I gonna make this happen? We were talking about it earlier. How do I even make it to this? How do I make it this long? <laughs> because it wasn't me. I did the best that I could. I should have been out of business twenty times by now. But every time I needed something, every time it was there, mm-hmm. somehow, some way. Maybe not on my time, but it was there. Uh, so it's very important. Just, you know, outside of my son and his health, but just in life in general to just know, keep the faith in whatever it is. Just keep, keep the faith. Mm-hmm. It's always there. And as long as you wake up the next day, you live to fight another day. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next question about how you stay grounded. But I want to go back to um, the special needs because it's so prevalent in my mm-hmm. life and in absolutely. my husband's life. And uh, he was the same about, you know, we were now changing diapers and she was hooked up. She actually had two rare diseases so when she was first born she was hooked to this um, silo bag and her intestine were hanging above her and every day they'd squeeze a little bit back into her stomach and we were like trying to learn how to change diapers around all these cords mm-hmm. and monitors and you know the whole thing but let's talk about toxic toxic masculinity a little bit yes. because that's the most I've ever seen my husband cry was during her childbirth mm-hmm. and that whole experience and I think there was a lot of um judgments that he placed on himself like i must not be doing something right because i'm so lost here well mine started with whose fault is it who well because you can't you can actually get tested to see whose uh, gene i guess whose Mm -hmm. gene we never did that but it started even before then uh and in that mindset of wanting to blame someone that's where the toxic stuff really starts Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. who can i blame for a man, who can I blame for this thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, completely out of control. I mean, what are the percentages? If it's more rare than Down syndrome, the percentages that it's you're like one in about, twelve thousand. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really like rare. so. How? What did I do wrong? What I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I mm-hmm. right? That's one of the the biggest problems that men have. I had it until I was in the military, and I met a guy who was like, "You said I twenty times in that sentence." And I was like, did I? And he was like, yeah. And that's a story for another day. But he really enlightened <laughs> me to a lot of toxic features that mm-hmm. like men have and how he was raised. And he was raised in a Muslim 
background and he was like you know that's where it starts at is because we're all I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I so me saying to myself what did I do to do this what did I do mm-hmm. to God what why did I deserve this mm-hmm. and why, does and my why can't kid, I fix this why because can't I fix you, this you've been groomed to be the fixer that's how it, yeah and, and, so. and that's typically how it is but then you get in these situations where there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. you do as much correct as you can do and then things still go wrong then you have to take a step back Right. Um, when I was, we were prepared. I'm a very good pregnancy preparer. And what I mean by that is before my daughters were born, I watched videos so I didn't pass out in the, <laughs> in the room. Right. Uh, when we found out Ryan was going to have Down syndrome, we read books and, I, and a lot of that stuff's outdated. But, you know, trying to understand what's mm-hmm. expected. Every single case is different. different. Right. Mm-hmm. So we. We tried to prepare and try to control, 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 right? That's how do you control? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where that's where it comes down to, you know, how you were raised, I think. I think it goes all the way back that far when you're talking about being the fixer. Like you've gotta get this under control mm-hmm. or you're not you're not the man. Mm-hmm. Or you're not doing your part or doing this and doing that. I was like, this is out of my control. So how do I cope with that? Now my first part ran. When my when Ryan was having his surgery, I waited for about uh, when they put him under and then they took him back. I went to work, and everybody's like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, "I can't, I can't do anything. I'm not a doctor, you know. Like, I, I don't want." And then I went back and I saw him plugged up to everything. I was like, "Ran again, back to the gym, my safe space, right?" And they're like, "How are you even here right now?" I, was like, I can't do anything to affect the outcome, right? And then I went back, and then I finally calmed myself down and just was like well my job's not to fix Ryan it's to be here for everybody else mm-hmm. but I didn't it took four days for me to figure that out right why am I still going to work my son's laid up with his chest cavity open mm-hmm. right it's because I was running for my own feelings and not taking care of everybody else uh, it's tough and every situation is case by case I hope I never have to go through anything like that again mm-hmm. but just live a little while and you'll be, you know, you're, you're back gonna there learn, with You're going to continue to learn lessons from your children. They, they are the teachers in <laughs> your life. So, All right. So I'm going to shift gears again and tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about beyond health and fitness and your family. So this is the, the, um, the avenue that I'm switching my gears to over the next 18 months is what I'm working on is to help new business owners avoid the last six years of my life. <laughs> now take out COVID, right? Uh, that was about eight months of nobody, no matter how good you were at business, you were affected mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. But before then, I can't blame COVID for mistakes I made in 2017, right? Or in 2022. So I'm wanting to find different ways to educate new people who say, I want to start a business. And what does that actually mean, right? They want to be their own boss? Well, even if you're your own boss, you have customers that you have to take care of and you have other people that you need to please. So you're never really your own boss. Like Teaching them valuable lessons like that of what are you really trying to escape? Do you want to, uh, do you want to be rich? Because you can be rich working for somebody else. Do you need a job where you can be with your kids all the time? You don't necessarily have to be in business for yourself. But if you're really passionate about business, Here's what to expect, mm-hmm. right? So that's really where um, my passion is 
kind of headed now that you know I've kind of satisfied this thing where I know I have a system that works really well as far as changing people's physical lives. Now I want to turn around and help educate people on uh, turning their passions into business. Um, what are they not teaching you in business school? Uh, what uh, what things do you need to learn um, that you might not need to pay for? What skills do you need to pay for? Uh, just kind of telling them the real truth about being in business for yourself and how hard it is and how they can make it easier on themselves by having a little bit of help, That's right? Incredible. I didn't have any yeah. I didn't have any help until um, 2018. And these guys, they just kind of took me took me out of their wing. They were like, we see a little potential in you. I'm sure they said that many times to everybody, right? <laughs> but they said, we see some potential in you. Let's take you behind the desk, mm-hmm. behind the computer and show you what it actually takes to run this place. And I'm trying to do the same thing. Trying to pay it forward. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just as rewarding as helping people get their mm-hmm. uh, health in order. Mm-hmm. I had, it took me 10 months to learn how to eat and exercise. So now I turn around and show people how to do it, hopefully in less time than that. Mm-hmm. Take those shortcuts, uh, skip the mistakes. That's what I'm trying to do with uh, business. Now, I feel like there's a lot of gurus out there who are, they made their money, let's say 10 years ago, and then they turn around and go, all right, follow my course or buy my book. But that information is outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, if you made a million dollars in 2013, it's completely different now uh, than trying to do that now. So as these kids come up in the next four and five years and they go, well, what, what do I do now? I want to be able to turn around and go, well, I can tell you what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Do this instead. And this is why. And this was my experience of... Um, I tried to start, a, I went out and got a lease and I tried to start a gym. I knew how to work out, but I didn't know how to do accounting or marketing or sales or, mm-hmm. or sign a contract or make a contract, right? So I want to take those lessons that I learned, those kind of hard lessons. Valuable experience. That's wonderful. Yes. Help them skip some steps. I mean, I would be, uh, that would make me feel so good. Uh, we have a girl now who's running out of space from us doing uh, massage. And I told her on her first day, she said, yeah, I think it'll take me a few weeks to get business going. I said, Multiply that times three. And she said, well, she didn't disagree with me. She Mm -hmm. just said, really? She came back to me Monday and said, you were right. You were dead on. How'd you know three? And I told her how I knew that it would take three times as long and not 10 times as long. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm helping you. So it's not going to take you 10 times as long, but it's still going to take you three times as long as you think. It's going to take more money than you think. Mm -hmm. It's going to take more time than you think. And this is why. I've always been against do what I say. Or do as I say, not as I do, that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Like with my kids, I go, this is why I don't let you use YouTube. This is why you're not allowed to play this game or go to this person's house. This is why. Now, they might still be upset about it, but they understand why. The same thing goes with I'm trying to teach people about business. And me not even be being successful uh, to my standards is to go and say, I'd be more successful now if I did this instead of that. So I want you to try this, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back and say, thank you, I get paid in thank yous. That's what I tell people. <laughs> I get paid in thank yous, hugs, and change lives. I'm never going to be rich doing what I do. But when somebody comes back and says, I was going to do this, but you told me to do that, and it's worked out for me, and this is how. Rich in other ways and fulfilled. Yes, it it makes you feel good. I'm telling you, you know when you help somebody. It makes you feel better than that. I mean, it's nice to get paid for what you do, but when you change somebody's life for whatever reason, 
Just gets you right here. Absolutely. Right? It gets you right here in the chest and going, mm-hmm. all right, I'm doing something that right. That sounds like a big motivator to keep you going as well. Oh, yeah, because I, I tell people all the time that I'm I'm never going to be rich in what I do. Uh, there are not very many millionaire gym owners out there, right? Um, but changing people's lives. When somebody goes to someone else and says, you need to go see Derek because he did this for me and uh, now I feel great. Or people go up to them and go, what are you doing differently now? You look different. You're happier. What are you doing? I'm going to Uplifters. You need to go over there. And then they come in and say, this person said this mm-hmm. about you. Mm-hmm. What people say about you when you're not in the room, it's the most important thing. Yes, absolutely. The most important thing. When somebody comes to me and says, this person said, I got to come talk to you because you helped them lose 50 pounds or you helped them start their business mm-hmm. or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, that's that's the motivator. Never, I look at my bank account and make you sad, right? <laughs> but when people are smiling and happy in a place that you created or doing something and, and feeling good on something you told them to do, that's where it's at. I mean, that's real value. You seem so motivated in helping people start <laughs> businesses, helping them change their lives. Um, what do you do for fun? Do you work out for fun or is no, there something else? No, let me tell you. Let, let me talk about working out really quick. When you get invested in other people's <laughs> exercise, not you slack on your own. <laughs> I've been trying and every single time I try to get serious about my workout again, like my body is like, hey, buddy, you're not in your 20s anymore. You need to slow it down. And I hurt my shoulder, I hurt my back, or something like that. So, But my focus hasn't been on that. Um, I usually just do stuff with my kids for fun. Uh, that is, I try to make them do stuff that I did when I was a kid. Like, I don't try to make them, like, stay away from technology because I think that'll set them back. But, like, things like going swimming, going to summer camp, that's a big one. The kids are going to go to the same summer camp that I went to when I was a kid. Um, trying to make them do things like that. Going, uh, going to Turkey Creek stuff like that that's what I do for fun and then it's also fun my job is fun when I'm uh, we have a lot of kids that come in and like playing around with them like doing all that I'm not having fun when we're not doing classes when we're not teaching people or not having kids in or doing events you know I'm just kind of watching Hulu or you know, Netflix <laughs> or something like that waiting for uh, the doors to open back up for everybody mm-hmm. to get back in I'm in a very rare, uh, rare uh, niche where um Sometimes when you're in a job, like when I serve tables, and I know I needed to serve tables to make money. When a table would come in, I go, this is my turn. And I didn't even enjoy it, and that's what I got paid for, right? Now it's a little bit different. When I open the doors and people start coming in, like, hey, how you doing? That's what kind of, that's what brings me up, right? Any other time, I'm, I'm low. It's you know, so, right? I have so many similarities, because I waited mm-hmm. tables too, about 16 to 18, and it was like, God, awful, stressful. But it was so much money. But, but it, it was, still it stressed good you money. out, right? And I was like, I have too many tables. I can't take all these. And I never wanted to wait tables ever again in my life. But still wanted to be around people. Still people. have that connection to community. So that's what a lot of people are sure. missing is service and customer service. So a lot of people skip that now. I mean, for me, I worked at McDonald's in high school. Then I worked at Walmart. And then I went into serving like when I got later. So I've always been around people. So when you try to hire somebody, for instance, and they are 22, they refuse to work fast food. They haven't served. Um, they have probably haven't been to the military yet, if they've been. And it could be their very first job. And they don't have customer service skills or speaking skills. Interacting. <laughs> they do not know how to make eye contact. Uh, it's, it almost makes them uncomfortable to look up, up from their phone mm-hmm. and to have a conversation. So that's one of the things that's kind of missing mm-hmm. is that kind of that important like 16 to 24 kind of range of doing a lower 
like perceived as a lower level mm-hmm. job, but it's very good for the foundation of uh, human communication and interaction. A lot of people are missing that. Absolutely. Serving is the best because you're going to meet every type of person. Nice, mean, old, young. <laughs> I tell people that's how I can communicate with all the people that we have from mm-hmm. 18 to 77 with different backgrounds, coming from different places. Is when you're doing customer service, it doesn't matter. Service with a smile, mm-hmm. speak, talk about the weather if you got nothing else in common. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's lost on kind of the last like few generations Absolutely. on how to do I have teenagers, I know. <laughs> uh, but Robin and I, are, we joke about being recovering people pleasers. So that was the hardest part, being a people pleaser in the service industry and meeting all these dips mm-hmm. of different types of people that I could not connect with <laughs> or felt like they're mad at me or, you know, I'm like, I promise I'm bringing your sweet It's coming. Tea. And I forgot a lot of people's <laughs> orders. But I was nice to them. And yeah. I was like, listen, I was honest. That's kind of my thing is, listen, I'm sorry I was busy. I did not put Cheryl's order in. I know you wanted a steak well done. It's going to take 45 <laughs> minutes. And I'm sorry. Can I do something else? Um, it didn't always work out. Mm-hmm. But you got to learn to deal with that because it's mm-hmm. never going to be perfect. Nothing is ever perfect. That's yeah. one of the things that I tell uh, new uh, people wanting to get in business. They're like, well, I got to get the perfect space. I got to get the perfect thing. And I always use the iPhone joke. Like, hey, your iPhone, you got an iPhone, right? I'm like, yeah. It needs an update like every month, right? Mm-hmm. It's never perfect. And they're going to come out with another one in September. So you better, and they're like, wow, I was like, just, mm-hmm. just get started, right? Just do it even though it's not going to be perfect, right? And you, you learn that in the serving business. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's out of your hands. You put the order in, the cook could mess it up, it's out of your hands. You got to learn to deal with an angry person. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. It's just part of it. Okay, what are your hopes for the future of Crestview as Crestview. a community? So what I do personally in Uplift is very, we have a very small community inside of there, right? And with the way it's gone, there's gyms popping up everywhere. So I don't think it's necessarily a gym related thing that we're going to be doing. I think we're going to keep my family tight, my Uplifters family tight and try to grow that incrementally. But on a big scale, everybody who's a member of our gym brings something to the table, right? And it's not fitness. I'm the only one bringing fitness to the table. They all have skills and things that they bring to the table. So once we're solidified in what we're doing, I want to flip it around and send my people out on my behalf, right? Maybe not my behalf, but on Uplifter's behalf. Mm -hmm. And do, so basically what I have in mind is like kind of a Uplifter's database of what everybody is good at and what they can put out into the community, right? And a lot of my people are from here or from Baker or Laurel or whatnot. They're, They're from this area. So to flip them around and use their skills to help other people. And they don't, it, I don't care if they work out with us or not. Like if somebody needs something, just as, uh, like for instance, uh, we need our grass cut. So one of my members uh, came and cut the grass. He was like, oh, I'm gonna cut your grass, right? So what if I just take something that simple and go, okay, lawn care is pretty affordable, but let's say there's people out there who can't afford it because they can barely make their house payment. Let's go out and do that once, uh, once every few months and go, we're gonna help, who needs help with their lawn? Like just throw it out there and uplifters as a group, we're gonna go out and, and do that. I think that's the best way to to try to impact the community is not try to do it in our thing, which is not about, we're gonna make Crestview healthy. Like we're not gonna to try to do that. We're just gonna to try to use uplifters as a platform to help more people. Like we got a lot of realtors. We don't need any more realtors in, in Crestview, right? Uh, but the ones that we have, maybe they could offer resources to people like volunteer their time 
on Uplifter's behalf and just say, hey, Uplifter's is going to do this today. Or maybe it's a webinar. Maybe it's a come in and uh, ask as many questions to our realtors as you as you want. That's where I see us using our kind of our web of uh, of our membership to spread out, right? Because I can only do so much. And every time I try to take on a new project, it takes away from my focus of uplifters. But we've got a wealth of knowledge of experience in our membership. And if somebody's good at something, they love talking about it, right? So if I flip those people around and instead of them just helping each other internally, push out into the community. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds good in theory. I know it would be very, very hard to, to organize this. Um, but in theory, I think it makes perfect sense to say, okay, who's good at this? And then they raise their hand, we're good at this. All right, well, next Saturday, we're going to go out and we're going to help these people. Uh, who's good at this? Oh, we're good at manual labor or mechanic work or whatever. Okay, good. We're going to go out and we're going to tell all these people to show up here if we need help. And we're going to do this. That's kind of what I think we would be best at. But again, it's a theory. I don't know if it's going to work. Well, I can already tell you it's going to work because you have the passion and you have Mm -hmm. the heart Mm -hmm. to provide help in the community where you see that there's a need. So full support. And (laughs) I think that going back to something you said early on, that um, when you are changing people's mindsets or encouraging them or just reminding them to smile mm-hmm. at people, you know? I mean, you, we, it's a very common thing we say, like you never know what's going on in a person's Absolutely. life. And, and just the simple, how are you today? You know, and be sincere about it can, can be life-changing for someone Absolutely. in that moment. And, um, you know, you may not be fulfilling your vision of what you just described um, completely yet, but I don't want you to minimize the impact that you're having on the community and changing it by changing one person's mindset today. And that person encourages someone else. And it, it, it's, it, the impact is exponential. It is. And that's where what I try to tell people. It's the same thing, like I said earlier. A negative experience, it, it blows up, mm-hmm. right? A positive experience is you know, very minimum. Triples. Exponential growth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's just part of it. So if I want to impact a thousand people, I've got to start with ten, mm-hmm. right? And then help those ten get ten, and give them a positive experience, right? Uh, but I—that's one of the things that we look at—is smiling at people, saying good morning. Uh, if they happen about that, pull them off to the side. Maybe they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people feel good when you just recognize that they are mm-hmm. not in character as they normally are, right? Yes. If they are not smiling. How'd you know that? Like, well, normally you're smiling, you're dancing mm-hmm. to the music. What's going on? I'm like, well, work's tough. I'm like, all right, well, let's go ahead and knock out this workout if you want to talk afterwards. We can, right? Now, I'm not a licensed therapist, but I'm a good listener, mm-hmm. right? I can listen and I can tell a few good dad jokes that'll make them forget <laughs> that they were <laughs> upset, at least for a little just, bit. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. for a little bit. And then when those people leave, or if they quit working out, or if they move, and somebody asks, where were you working out at when you were in Crestview? They're like, I'm not there anymore, but I go to Uplifters. Mm-hmm. Like, or I used to go to Uplifters. I had a good time there. I had fun there, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And um, that's all we're going for. That's all the validation I need. Send somebody my way. If you love us, send somebody our way when you're not here. That'll be, that's big, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't even live here anymore. They said, when I get to town, come see you. And it's not because I'm inventing new workouts. It's because 
it's all about the peeps when you walk yeah. in the door you know mm-hmm. that's it absolutely okay so tell me something and I guess this will be our, our last question what are you most grateful for and how do you find gratitude daily that's kind of like our focus in this yes. podcast is gratitude and empowerment and just having these conversations without condemnation so tell me something you're most grateful for so I have I am grateful for the people not my family the people that are around me daily right because it is hard to continue to do what a business owner has to do every day and not be not make as much money as you thought you're going to make when you got into it right that's why and it's not just the adults the kids right when they come in and they're like mr Derek, good morning you know or you coming to my graduation right Mm -hmm. and the parents saying you know saying good things when when they come in and, and all the members that we have that that's ultimately what is going to fuel uh the bad times and you're always gonna have bad times uh that's what i've always been most grateful for is the fact that we were able to build something that people love coming to every day that their life is not complete unless they come into when they're not there they miss it like there's a hole in their life if they don't uh they don't come in like i i have to say that that's the thing that I'm most grateful for. Because it's hard. I mean, it's hard all the time. Every day people come in and like, you're all right? I'm like, not really. What do you want to talk about? And then they come in and then they bring me up. Like, they, they just it, instantly, they, they bring me up just by uh, their energy and them coming in and, um, and being happy with what we've built. So I'd have to say that's it. Because that's really, really what keeps me going. I'm grateful today to have met you and to know that you are in my community. You are, I am excited about what you're bringing. The future of Uplifters and Crestview. Mm-hmm. Thank right? you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. This was wonderful. I uh, can't wait to get it aired and get it out there for other people in Crestview who might not know that you're up on 90. You're kind of like <laughs> hidden up there. We're hidden, but they're building a new road. They're building new yeah, roads yeah. and, and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. 90, 90's making a comeback. Okay? Yeah, it's, it's I'm excited together. to see it. <laughs> Thanks again, Derek. No problem. Robin, how'd you feel about our interview with Derek today? I loved his energy. Um, I'm just so happy that there is people like him in our community that has such a, a passion and a heart for helping others in so many different aspects. And um, I know that I feel uplifted, and we hope that you feel uplifted having listened to things he said. and that you will check out what he is uh, offering to the community of Crestview at Uplifters. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. May you feel empowered and full of gratitude. Until Until next time, when grateful hearts speak. speak.